Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys. Hello and welcome to City Update. We've got a lot to get through, so let's get straight on with it with stock market expert Lee Humphreys, who's been looking back at the past week. What have you got for us, Lee? Well, um, Ian, the, uh, you'll be pleased to know that the sell-off that we've been talking about of late has seemingly abated, at least, as we speak, sit here and uh, talk to one another. Um, and that is, in fact, despite um, some cautious comments by the uh, Federal Reserve on Wednesday uh, night. Uh, uh, but there has been overall some real positive news flow coming out. So you're referring there to the sell-off in the States of the US, yeah? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's um, uh, but the the sort of the, the knock-on effect has been uh, of positive news flow has been global. We've seen some um, big M and A announcements. M and A being mergers and acquisitions when two companies um, come together. Uh, Gilead Sciences uh, buying someone called Immunomedics uh, for twenty-one billion dollars. It's a biotech company. It's a very hot space uh, right now in the stock market uh, over here in the UK. Group Four Securities G4S um, has rejected a three point seven billion dollar deal with someone called Garda World uh, and uh, there's also a big uh, uh, M&A opportunity here at least of um, someone called Arm Holdings who are based up in Cambridgeshire who are thought to be being bought for 40 billion dollars by Nvidia. Yeah I heard that and Nvidia the big uh, chip manufacturer in the states graphic chips and computing computers computer gaming all that stuff but I, I heard on radio other, other radio stations are available. This was Radio 4. Uh, one of the, the founders of uh, Arm Holdings, Herman Hauser, um, dead against it because he says um, all sorts of problems. Uh, it, one, there's uh, a commitment to keep jobs in Cambridge. He says, well, will that happen? And the other thing he says that um, a lot of their chips at the moment are sold to China. And if it's bought by an American company, perhaps that'll lead to a trade war leverage for President Trump. Yeah, well, I can believe that. That doesn't sound uh, totally implausible. It's an amazing company, Arm Holdings. About 95% of the world's chips in cell phones uh, are, uh, are, are created by Arm Holdings. It is an amazing company. And it is um, a very pressing issue in about what you say about the jobs aspect of this is because, obviously, in this environment, when we're coming out of the pandemic, the last thing we want is a, a big hub uh, up in Cambridge, um, sort of uh, losing uh, vast com- uh, quantities of, uh, of their workforce. Um, I, I would imagine right now government is stepping in and trying to uh, uh, get commitments uh, from NVIDIA that jobs will stay here in the UK. OK, and looking uh, broader, are there any um, political developments you think might affect the market? Well, I mean, I don't know how much it affected the marketing, but did you see uh, Trump on the White House uh, lawn uh, once again uh, with Israel signing a peace agreement with uh, Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates? It looked good on TV. Whether that was market moving is a moot point. Um, But there is staying with the sort of uh, Washington, at least, uh, there is uh, some further debate about an additional 2.2 trillion dollar stimulus. Um, more to come in the weeks ahead, I suspect, on that one. The, as we've talked before, um, the market loves a stimulus, and of course, there's been some vaccine news as well. 
Yep. Um, well, there's been a lot of bits of vaccine news. The AstraZeneca um, trial, which was halted, has been deemed it can go ahead again. It's doing that. But uh, there's been some promises in the States made about vaccines, haven't there? There certainly have. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, going back to the AstraZeneca one, it's uh, the, the lady uh, who had been affected uh, by uh, what was thought the initial sort of vaccine shot. Um, uh, that's uh, now uh, been ruled out by Oxford University. Yeah, Pfizer's CEO uh, has basically said... Um, it is likely that the U.S. will deploy a COVID-19 vaccine uh, to the public before year end. A uh, Trump official also said that uh, every American uh, should have been vaccinated by April 2021. I think uh, that timeline's a little bit too fluid for Trump himself. Remember, the election uh, comes on November the 3rd this year. He, he needs uh, a shot in the arm <laughs> in more than one respect uh, before that April figure. Okie dokie. And what else? Um, Well, we've again, more positive news market wise. The OECD, the Organization of Economic um, Commerce and Development, have uh, raised their global growth forecasts on Wednesday. Um, They're now saying that the fall in global GDP is not as bad as uh, otherwise have been predicted. Um, The Bank of England, actually, on Thursday lunchtime, um, sort of backed up uh, that kind of um, uh, feeling as well. But they said, actually, that consumer spending, get this, is back to pre-COVID levels. Well, that's surprising because I don't think my uh, spending has got back to pre-COVID levels. But uh, must be a lot of other people doing a lot more spending than me. Well, look, it's probably changed um, the way you have gone about your spending like everyone else. Ian. You know, we're doing obviously a lot more online. And actually, to that point, we've seen some particular strength in the market in the transportation stocks. To highlight this, I've got some, an example of two names. FedEx, a huge, you would have heard of them, of course, a huge United States uh, American company. Uh, but they are, like a lot of these companies, global. They reported some wonderful numbers on Wednesday. They talked about strong e-commerce demand and to sort of bring this back um, closer to home the Royal Mail just last week said exactly the same um, that, uh, that that e-commerce was driving their deliveries ever higher if you look at the stock actually since March it has absolutely flown okie dokie and there's something about um, you, you gave me a bit of a heads up what you're going to be talking about and you mentioned something called the hut group and I'd never heard of this hut group no, I've got to be absolutely honest with you, and I had never heard about the Hut uh, Group either. But anyway, it's made uh, it's made its uh, owner a guy called uh, Matthew Molding, uh, incredibly rich. He's uh, the latest uh, billionaire or uh, tech uh, billionaire, I should say. Um, but this, you know, this this online uh, development is is just car- carrying on uh, regardless of of whatever the uh, economy seems to be doing uh, elsewhere. It so it seems. I saw Amazon uh, said they were going to be hiring a hundred thousand employees in the US and Canada. They're also going to be um, uh, making an additional 1,000 small delivery hubs in suburban US neighbourhoods. Why are they doing that, you're going to ask? Um, Well, the plan is to make shopping um, as fast as, say, nipping out to the shop. uh, shop. So you can see this online experience is just going to eat into the the traditional retail experience um, week on week, month on month and year on year. Yeah, good for the large players, I guess. Um, perhaps not so good for the small shops. I don't know. But um, I, I drove past uh, Waitrose in West Byfleet the other day and I saw loads of their delivery vans there. So they must be cracking on with their online stuff. 
Well, that's that's a brilliant uh, way of looking at it. Ian. I mean, this this pandemic has, and we've talked about that this before, haven't we? Is accelerating sort of online strategies. You mentioned uh, Waitrose. Well, actually, the the owner of Waitrose, John Lewis, um, they had their results on Thursday. They said within those, it was a, altogether quite a disappointing set of numbers. But they they actually said that online now makes up sixty percent of their sales and this is not unique next also reported on thursday um, they uh, say that uh, now uh, uh, online represents 70 percent of their total sales that also followed on from another retailer hennies and moritz again a traditional stalwart of the high streets who are now getting the majority of their sales online ne- going back to next they say that over 10 years they anticipate to be closing three stores. This is what I mean by the, the fact that this is just not going away and this, uh, this is accelerating online strategies of big corporates. Okie dokie. Uh, what, what, Henning and Moritz, is that H&M we're talking about? Uh, yes, Henning and Moritz is H&M, yeah. Okay, right. Next, please. Um, well, the uh, the other thing is, and again, you just got me thinking about when you mentioned the, the Waitrose thing, um, how we love to talk about Ocado here on Brooklyn's radio. It is the it's the go to online um, uh, supermarket for the Weybridge resident, of course, as we know. So um, going back a couple of weeks, we talked about the um, t- tie up between M&S, Marks and Spencer's and Ocado. How's that going? You're going to ask me, aren't you? Yeah, I was going to say, how's that going? Um, well, it's funny you should say that. It's going very, very well, Ian. Um, they reported their third quarter sales earlier in the week. They are up 52% year on year. Um, the stock are on the day on Tuesday was up 11% on the back of that. Um, it now values the company, the company being Ocado, of course, at £19.5 billion. Now, get this. That is double the valuation or double the value of Morrison's Sainsbury's and M&S combined. Fairly impressive figures. Yeah, very impressive. Uh, too big to comprehend for me, really. But anyway, next. Uh, uh, go on. Oh, sorry. The, so all I was going to say, I was going to carry on a little bit more. And this is, you know, what do they say? A rising tide lifts all boats. Well, um, M&S has been very much in the doldrums for quite some time. Look at its share price. Um, but it really has lifted the fortunes of M&S. The stock itself, when Ocado uh, reported on Tuesday, uh, M&S itself was up over 4%. Um, they're saying now that uh, the launch has increased the average basket by 5 items um, uh, the the weighting of M&S products in the average Ocado basket is higher than Waitrose uh, prior to the switchover so it's reflecting a very positive customer customer reaction um, to this combination um, and this is this bear this in mind in something else we've talked about this 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 uh, lift in sales of people getting uh, goods delivered to the home happened um, uh, all throughout the eat out to help out and that has been an unmitigated success so that's to be borne in mind this is really a uh, a real success story okay and uh, we're coming to the end now anything else to add well you know we can't um uh, just talk about the the, the successes because of course there's been very serious data out uh, this week there was the unemployment data in the uk uh, which showed very sadly a uh, an increase albeit a slight increase uh, to 4.1 percent that was from a previous month uh, where it registered 3.9 percent that's a a two-year high uh, here now i want to put a sort of it's obviously look every person that uh, is made unemployed 
uh, is uh, a disaster, uh, really, for that person uh, and the economy as well. Um, but I want to put a positive spin on this uh, to some extent. The March to August uh, jobs figure fell 695,000. That was a better number than expected. And actually, if you d- dig into that number, um, a large part of that uh, figure, 469,000, were jobs lost back in April. That's when we were at the sort of the height of the collapse in GDP. May also saw a loss of 150,000 jobs. So what I'm saying here in actually is that although these numbers are terrible and I think they're going to increase, yes, surely they are. Um, but it does seem that, and I'll say this in sort of whispered tones, that the, the, the unemployment data that we're seeing right now is not as bad as we once feared. Okay, so you're predicting unemployment is going to be bad, but not as bad as we'd perhaps first thought. Yes, that's right. Look, I, my, my view on this, in is that this, is, to some extent, has been a self-inflicted coma that the government has put the nation in. One thing that I would say is important to focus on and hasn't been focused on enough by the media is that uh, once we achieve a fall of 6.4% of GDP, uh, according to Professor Philip Thomas at Bristol University, who's a risk is in the risk management department, he says more lives will be lost according to the economic consequences than will be lost by COVID. Right. You were saying this back in April, and that's when he made his prediction. And uh, who knows? He may be right. But like all predictions, it's just a prediction. I, I fully agree with that, Ian. See you next week, Lee. Cheers, Ian. Bye bye. Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio. Brooklyn's Radio.